Welcome to You Relevant, the podcast that is all about helping you find relevance in the economy of now. My name is Mike Wheeler, and I'm an online instructor, entrepreneur, and cloud career coach. I gravitate towards tools and tech that enable you to create something new, advance your career, and find the intersection between attainable and essential. Welcome to this week's episode. We have a ton of ground to cover, and so I want to dive right in by first sharing with you an audio message left by one of my listeners, Cody, who has an important question that I want to use as a springboard for this week's discussion, which has to do with whether or not you should leverage exam dumps in your certification journey. So we're going to talk about exam dumps, what they are, and whether or not you should leverage them. But let's hear from Cody first. Hi, Mike. My name is Cody, and I just discovered your show looking for some resources about Salesforce. I wanted to ask you, you've had a lot of students that have learned about Salesforce, and now I think it's probably good as ever to start learning about the platform. What is the number one thing that your students wish they had known when they started their Salesforce journey? Thanks for the show. Thanks so much, Cody, for leaving a message for me. And that's a great question. So I want to spend my time this episode answering that question. And the one thing that I think that most of my students wish they knew whenever they started this journey of learning Salesforce is that they need to know that there's no shortcuts. That in order to succeed on the Salesforce platform and to pivot your career into the cloud with Salesforce as your vehicle to get you there, you need to understand and embrace the fact that there are no shortcuts. What I mean by that is that you have to learn the concepts of the platform. You will not succeed on the certification exams and you certainly won't succeed in your career if you don't understand the fundamental principles of the platform And I see way too many people out there looking for shortcuts, trying to learn the Salesforce platform in a couple of weeks. People complaining because they fail the exam and then finding out that they've only been using Salesforce for four to six weeks. And that is just too short of a time to really understand what you need to know at a deep level in order to pass the certification exams. Now, really, a certification exam is like one of many gatekeepers that will keep you challenged along the way in this journey. There's certain milestones that you have to pass. And so an exam is a good way of gauging or measuring what you know and what you don't know. And what people tend to do if they're especially lazy, for example, if they're impatient and want things to happen overnight or in a span of just 48 to 72 hours, is that they will go down the path of searching for what are called Salesforce certification exam dumps. Now, to me, exam dumps are a terrible thing. It makes sense that because I make my living teaching Salesforce and certification exams and helping people to pass those certification exams, it makes sense from just a personal level that I would think that exam dumps are bad. But it goes well beyond my own personal interest because also, in addition to being a Salesforce instructor, I'm also a Salesforce certified professional. I've attained multiple certifications and I worked very hard to attain those certifications. And then it is kind of offensive for those of us that have earned those certifications through experience and hard work and learning the fundamentals of the platform to see others taking shortcuts and just wanting to be given the questions and the answers to the exam. 
What that does is that cheapens the hard work that others have done, such as myself and the 100,000-plus students of mine that have passed Salesforce certifications the right way. But there is a large number of people that I see in various Facebook groups and Twitter threads and even in Salesforce's own success community openly discussing, asking for the questions to the exam. Suffice it to say as well, beyond it cheapening the hard work to those that have earned these certifications, is when you boil it down, those questions are Salesforce's own intellectual property. So if you're using an exam dump, then you're infringing upon Salesforce's intellectual property. I myself, as a Salesforce instructor, I've taken great pains to not replicate any questions on the exam. I don't want to be found to have stolen any actual questions or made things unfair or even taking part in any way, shape, or form to helping to promote people cheating. I want to provide you with an analogy. Now, it's one thing for me to stand up on a soapbox and preach to you like, oh, exam dumps are bad and they're evil and they're wrong. But I want to draw from a movie that I've seen recently and to provide you with an analogy. When you boil life down, whenever you're trying to pursue something that requires some effort, and in this instance, it would be a Salesforce certification, there's typically two types of people in the world, those that are willing to work for it and those that are willing to cheat for it. And so for my inspiration, I want to draw upon the film, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And this is a film that's available on Netflix. I will link to this in the show notes so that you can watch this on Netflix if you're a subscriber. And this is a Western anthology. It has has either five or six different chapters to this film, and these are all self-contained short films. It's, to me, a great collection of films. There's a lot of different analogies that you can draw from these various stories, but the one that I really want to hone in on for our talk today is called Forever Gold Mountain. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs is a Western anthology by the Coen brothers. Now, several episodes or chapters into this movie, which is separate self-contained short films that are set in western settings is the particular chapter that I want to focus on is called Forever Gold Mountain. This begins at about the 49 minute mark of this film. You'll see if you watch that movie that there's a majestic open area of land and a creek there and then as well a lot of wildlife that is moving around unhindered by human presence and as far as the eye can see there's no humans there, but the silence is broken eventually by an old miner, someone that mines for gold, and he's singing a song called Mother McCree. If you look at the lyrics of the song Mother McCree and you hear the actor Tom Waite, who's a good older character actor who plays the part of the miner, the lyrics of that song have to talk about diligent hands that are working. And I take it that that choice of that song for the miner to sing points to the theme of this particular chapter and the point that the Coen brothers are trying to get across is that you need to have diligent hands and be willing to work. Now what you'll see as this short film unspools in this chapter of this western anthology from the Coen brothers is that the miner will descend upon this valley 
and start to attempt to find gold. And how this works, and to paint a picture for you, is that he takes his donkey down into the valley by the stream because he needs the water to pan for gold. So he will dig up the ground near the water, put it in his pan, and then he will run the water from the creek through the pan and look for little flecks of gold. The old miner sees an opportunity. He's surveying the landscape as well, making sure that there's no threats on the horizon, there's no one looking to rob him before he sets about to dig into the ground and do the work that's required to find the gold. And he says to himself, maybe. And the sounds in the background is him grunting and starting to dig in the soil right next to the creek, filling up the pan, going in the water, and running the water through the pan, sloshing it around. And maybe you've seen people pan for gold before or not. But it, taking the mud away and then the light reflecting on a couple of flecks of gold tells him that he is on the right track, that there is potential for gold here. It's just a matter of finding what he calls the pocket, this pocket of gold. Now, the analogy here, as it relates to Salesforce, and you're probably wondering, why am I talking about a movie, is that you may have identified opportunity, and that's what this miner has done, is that he's identified an opportunity. What started as maybe as he is surveying the landscape now results in two flecks of gold in his pan. So he digs again, pans again, and through the marvels of editing a film, the Coen brothers save us time and take us through this journey over several cuts and digs and panning to show that there's some attempts as he moves around in the field and trying different holes in the ground. The next attempt, there are no flecks of gold, but he doesn't give up. And that's one analogy or one lesson is that you know you're on the right track. The key is not to give up if you come up empty-handed. You'll strike gold sometimes and sometimes you'll strike out, but he doesn't he doesn't give up, as he says, not a speck on that second attempt. So he says to himself, let's go the other way. So for his third hole, he goes a different direction. And he starts down this journey of having all these different holes and these different flags that he sets in these holes to remind him of where he has found gold and where he is not. Next attempt, there's four, then seven. So he sees that he's getting on the right track. Next one is 12. And then it's back down to five and going down. As he's digging, he's starting to set the parameters for where the gold might be. And then he ends up back to nothing. I've seen this film before, and not to give it away. You may want to go ahead and watch the film and then return back to the podcast here. It's a great short film, great analogy here. But he ends up digging until nightfall, and then he has to camp overnight. So he sets up camp and he is actually talking to this pocket of gold that he knows is somewhere there in the valley that he's digging around on. And he says that he's going to find Mr. Pocket. He refers to the pocket as Mr. Pocket. So he goes to sleep and then he's going to get back up the next day and try again. The analogy here is that anything that's worth doing or striving for, like digging for gold or trying to change careers or launch a cloud career, does require hard work. It does require effort. It doesn't come instantaneously. So the miner continues to dig and dig into the next day, and he is about chest high 
in the dirt. So he's dug about four feet deep into the ground and the shovel scrapes rock and he pulls out a chunk, blows on it, and sees gold about the size of a peanut. He realizes that he's getting to keepers. He continues to dig deeper and deeper and he is now well over his head in the ground. You could say that he's dug his own grave, it looks like, but he's continuing to dig, digging deeper, exerting himself. Uses his pickaxe to break into a large rock and getting bigger and bigger keepers as he continues to dig. And you can sense that he's on the verge of a major breakthrough here. There's not a lot of beauty in this process. Some of it can be mundane and boring, but he's driven forward knowing that there's something better waiting for him if he keeps digging. This is what opportunity looks like. He breaks open a large rock and inside is a huge amount of gold. It's eye-watering. He says, Mother McCree, the song that he was singing at the start. He's digging more and it's a floor of gold that he's standing on. The realization hits. Hello, Mr. Pocket. And as he's staring at the floor of gold, a shadow crosses his view. There's someone above the ridge behind him, and he realizes that he's in danger. There's someone lurking, wanting to steal his gold that he's worked hard for. He stops. He's looking at his pickaxe that's on the ground. And there's a lone gunman standing over his shoulder above him. He shakes his head, re realizing that he's basically dead meat, and he gets shot in the back. So now we're introduced to the villain of the story. This is the talentless scumbag. This is someone, and I mean that in the nicest of terms, this is someone that's lazy and talentless and sat back and watched from a distance, apparently, as the old miner dug for the gold he let this person do all the hard work, and then as soon as he was about to realize the riches and rewards of his endeavors, this talentless villain comes along and shoots him in the back. Now, he perches himself atop the what may be the miner's grave here, dangling his feet into the hole, gun still drawn on the bleeding old man as he lays and starts to bleed out through his back and the bloodstain grows larger and larger on the old man's shirt and he's not moved at all. The villain puts the gun down, pulls out a cigarette and lights a smoke and he's going to enjoy a little smoke break as he admires the fruits of his labor. Whereas the old man spent days identifying Mr. Pocket and finding the gold and discovering it. The villain is now just come along and is now smoking a cigarette waiting to make sure the old man bleeds out as he watches an owl fly away, which I think is symbolic of wisdom. It's not wise to cheat like this. It's not wise to shoot someone in the back or cheat others out of the hard work of their labors. And this is what it looks like when someone relies on exam dumps. They don't want to put in the work. They're lazy. They're talentless. They're looking for shortcuts, and they're using the hard labors of others that have talent and have worked for things and earned things. And because of their own selfishness and stupidity, they decide that they know better and they deserve this, even though they've not put in the work. So he smokes a cigarette 
and now he feels like the old man is sufficiently bled out. He's going to jump in here now and steal the gold. The old man was playing dead. They struggle for the gun. The gun went off once, hitting no one. Goes off again, hitting no one. Old man throws dirt in his eye, gets the gun. And shoots the villain through the hand and into his face. It's a gruesome scene, so if you're squeamish, you may not necessarily want to watch this. So, villain's dead. So he shoots the villain multiple times, shoots his dead body basically. He doesn't even flinch. He's already dead from the first shot. So the old man, I'm going to pause this as he's grunting and groaning and running to the creek to wash off. He is going to survey the damage that's been done. And there's an analogy or some lessons to learn from this as well. But let's take a brief pause here and regroup and make some sense out of this. It's not wise to do these sorts of things, whether it's shooting someone in the back or just belittling the hard work of others. And to me, leveraging exam dumps and just working to cheat on an exam and getting the questions and the answers is much like the villain in this story shooting the miner in the back. The miner did all the work. He used his experience and knowledge and know-how to identify an opportunity to zero in on Mr. Pocket and to find the gold. And then as soon as that opportunity was right there is when the villain swoops in to shoot him in the back and try and gain these riches through ill-gotten gain. There's an important analogy. As the old man washes out his wounds, I want you to listen to what he discovers as he surveys where he had been shot, which was in the back, and it has exited out through the front. So he's wanting to see if anything important has been hit. So beyond calling him a measly skunk for shooting him in the back and realizing that the villain had been camping on his trail and watching him do all the work and waiting until he struck gold to shoot him in the back, he recognizes as he rips open his shirt to see the wound, it went clean through and as he says, you didn't hit anything important. And the analogy here for those that resort to exam dumps is that you're not going to have any sort of significant impact in your career. You're not going to do significant work. It is tempting to try to take shortcuts and to just get the questions and the answers in order to say that you're certified, but you'll always know that you cheated in order to attain that. And as well, you will not understand 
the principles of and fundamentals of the platform. So as soon as the training wheels are taken off and you're not sitting for an exam that you have the questions and answers for, but instead when you're starting to try and do real work on the platform, there's not going to be questions and answers provided for you for that and you will quickly be discovered. So it's much better as far as longevity of career if you go the path of the minor This is the wise older person that has learned the principles of identifying opportunity, how to dig for gold, and how to find that gold, to find those pockets of opportunity, and willing to put in the work, even if it's mundane, even if it's boring, even if it doesn't happen overnight, being willing to go the long haul and not give up when you're panning for gold and you come up empty. You plant the flag there that tells you where not to go next time, And then you try somewhere else and you try another attack, another attempt. On the flip side of that, the other type of person are those that are looking for shortcuts, ill-gotten gain, quick wins, off of the work and the effort and the toil and sweat and blood and tears of those that have preceded them. Calling someone a filthy skunk for shooting you in the back, I have no problem with that. I also have no problem calling someone that resorts to exam dumps as a filthy skunk as well. This topic came up in my student group, and someone was asking, you know, how do you feel about those that use exam dumps? And so I actually tweeted this out and on Instagram, and it got quite a reaction, pretty visceral, I might add. What I wrote at that time was just my opinion that no one asked for, but if you have to resort to Salesforce exam dumps, you are a lazy, talentless hack, and your career will resemble a dumpster fire. And I mean that because if you cheat in order to get a certification, you will be found out, not necessarily by Salesforce. You may not necessarily be stripped of your certifications, but you will not be able to provide a quality work product. You won't be able to consistently strike gold with the work that you produce. And so then your career will be short-lived, and then you're just going to move on to the next opportunity to shoot someone else in the back. Don't go the path of the betrayer or the filthy skunk or the lazy, talentless hacker, but go the path of the miner that's willing to dig for gold by identifying opportunity, putting in the work, and then seeing that to reality, even if it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, and a lot of mundane effort and work. So I do encourage you to check out The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, one of the more recent films from the Coen brothers, and specifically the chapter Forever Gold Mountain. In the end of the story, we see the miner packing up his gear on his mule and after he's collected a good amount of gold. And then once he's left the valley, the wildlife and the nature return, the owl returns, the deers return, and human presence is no longer there in the valley. The bad guy, the villain, is buried in the hole that he tried to kill the miner in, and the miner has gone on to enjoy his reward. So let that be a lesson to you. If you're thinking about taking a shortcut, don't do it. Don't be lazy. Don't take the path of the talentless. Put in the work. Put in the effort. Look for Mr. Pocket. You will find the opportunity and you can bring it to reality. But you can only do that through effort, trial and error, and from learning from your mistakes. And you know that in the end, if you try to be the villain in the story, you will hit nothing important. Your work will amount to nothing and you'll be forgotten. But if you're like the miner willing to do the work, then you too will be singing Mother McCree and about the diligent fingers that work so hard for you and your career. Thank you.
So if you could please do this new podcaster a solid, please share this podcast with others. I also want to hear your voice. Please do reach out to me. I want to include the voices of my listeners. If you have any questions, leave that in a voice message. You may be featured in a future episode. And please subscribe, share, spread the word about you relevant. And together we'll help you and others find relevance in the economy of now. Thanks. Thanks.